the night we had all been waiting for happened, and then the worst possible outcome happened. We're going to talk about what that is in today's episode of the Locked On Pistons podcast. You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pistons podcast. Per usual, I'm your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me over on Twitter, at Kuka Hill. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free and available on all your podcast platforms. And if you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Locked On Pistons. Hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. That's another great way to support the podcast. Later on, we'll talk about some prospects that you guys all should be aware of and start getting familiar with uh, where the Pistons landed. And then we'll talk about a little bit later also um, how likely or what how likely it is or if it would be a good decision for the Pistons to look to trade their draft pick in this upcoming draft. Um, but first, we obviously are going to have to talk about where that pick in the draft ended up. The Pistons are picking fifth overall in the Victor Wembanyama sweepstakes after finishing with the worst record in the entire NBA by five games, having the top odds, or at least were number one. I know the top three teams all share the same odds, for, for, uh, 14% all same the same odds for the number one um, for the number one overall pick. The draft lottery was going exactly as planned. There was no movement at all from 14 all the way to 6. There was not any movement at all. And then number 5 came, and the Detroit Pistons popped up on the screen. Now, there was multiple different ways I like could have went with this podcast. And I'm not going to lie, I, I struggled with which direction I wanted to go with this podcast. But this, this, is, this is all I'll say. Let's get some emotion out the way. I didn't move from the spot in my living room after I saw the Pistons logo pop up. I didn't move from that spot in my living room for a good like 35 minutes. I sat right there in that couch, did not move, didn't say goodnight to my wife, didn't say, hey, didn't say nothing. Didn't say a damn thing to nobody, didn't tweet, didn't didn't do anything. I just sat there in that couch for a good like 35 minutes before I, I felt composed enough to say anything, to say anything. So... Look, this is absolutely heartbreak. It was heartbreaking for the fan base. It's it's it it's tough. It sucks. And the worst part about it, the worst part about this, and and we talked about this on the podcast all offseason thus far, is that falling from one to five in any other draft, it would suck. Still, it would definitely would suck. But I don't feel like it would hurt. I don't feel like it would feel like you're being stabbed. <laughs> I don't feel like it would feel like that. In almost any other draft. But this draft, for you to be the number one team in the draft with possibly the greatest prospect in the history of basketball, Wold, Adrian Wojnarowski, he said this was possibly the greatest prospect in team sport history. For that to be the draft that you fall from one to five, that that just that that feels like a stab to the heart. It it it, it, it hurts. It it really does hurt. So it, it, it sucks, man. It sucks. I don't blame any of you guys for being disappointed. Don't blame any of you guys for being sad. Uh, I, I don't blame any of you guys. You guys need to take a day or two to not talk about the Pistons, not listen about the Pistons, to just, you know, need some time. I don't want to blame any of you guys at all for that because this sucks. It does. Um, But at the end of the day, look, I'm going to try my hardest not to be too emotional for a while about it. I'm going to try not to be like, you know, 
too much of a Debbie Downer about it because, you know, I think everyone is aware that it sucks. So at the end of the day, it's this. The Pistons could have had second, third, fourth, fifth, even though some of the quotes that Troy Weaver had after the draft, um, he talked about how you could really pick any prospect from three to eight. And I had been hinting to you guys on the podcast for a while now, but basically what that is saying is they had a select two, a top two. It was Victor, and I heard that it was Scoot Henderson. They had those two guys in two in, in their own tier and that the draft started at three. So maybe technically not two since they viewed Scoot that highly. Um, but really at three, at four, at five, doesn't matter. They were going to have to make the right pick no matter what. It wasn't going to be a given. They're, you're going to have to trust your scouting department. You're going to have to trust Troy Weaver. And Weaver is going to have to nail this draft process. He's going to have to absolutely nail um, his scouting. He's going to have to get it because it's possible, man. It's possible in every draft that you can get the best prospect or the best player in the draft at five. It's very possible that you get a guy at five that maybe should have went like two or three in a redraft. Heck, you can even go back to last year with Jay and Ivy at five. I know a lot of the guys ahead of him performed pretty well. Um, Paolo, Chet didn't get to play. I don't think he's leapfrogging Chet. Um, Jabari had a little bit of a down year, to be honest. And I know Keegan really showed up for Sacramento, so I don't think he's going over Keegan for Sacramento. But you can make an argument that maybe Ivy goes three in last year's draft after one year. Now, I know it's just one year after it, after it but my point is, is that at five, you can still get a good prospect. Now, is this what everyone probably wants to hear right now? Maybe not. And it, it's taken a lot to me, for me to be the mature person looking at it. But there are some prospects at five that aren't bad. And if Weaver can identify the guy, because in almost every draft, in almost every draft, you're going to find somebody, whether it's at five, six, seven, 20, 15, 30, 40. Heck, we're watching Nikola Jokic right now. I believe Weaver also said this. We're watching Nikola Jokic rip apart the Los Angeles Lakers right now. I believe he was the 41st pick. So there's always a chance you can find the diamond in the rough. There's always a chance that you can, if you have a good enough scouting department, you can identify the best prospect in the draft at that position. You can always get a good guy at that pick. So Look, it sucks that they fell to five, and, and especially in this lottery. Out of all the possible drafts, it hurts a lot that they fell to five here. Um, it hurts even more for me that they p- fell from one to five because I knew from what I had heard for a few months now that it was one being Scoot for the fr- Pistons front office. So I was really happy if they were going to go two because I'm very high on Scoot, and I think he's a, one of the best prospects we've seen in the last 12 years as well. So, like, that's what hurts me the most, that they're not getting one or two. And then, obviously, you guys know how big of a fan I've been of Amon Thompson, so them not even getting three either to get Thompson or four to get Thompson because now it looks like Houston, who's selecting fourth, is going to go with Amon Thompson now. I think the top four set, I think it's going to go Wemby, Scoop, Brandon Miller, and then Amon Thompson. So that, that's what really hurt me the most about this. Yes, Wemby killed me. Losing out in Wemby obviously kills, but losing out in those other two guys that I thought really highly of too, that's what hurt me the most. But nonetheless, there are other guys at five in play that the Detroit Pistons can identify. And maybe Troy Weaver gets the best guy and we're looking back and like, yeah, maybe we didn't get Victor. But you got a pretty damn good prospect to add to this core. So um, when we come back, I'll tell you guys who are the prospects at five that all of you guys need to get familiar with. Do some base level scouting and understand who they are. We'll talk about who those guys are when we come back. But first, I've got to tell you guys about one of our sponsors, Bird Dog. 
you will look better and feel great wearing Bird Dog. Their stretchy fabric will make your legs look great and they're comfier than any other shorts and pants. They'll give you the freedom to wear one of the pair of shorts or pants on the golf course, to a meeting, a date, or hanging out with friends. Dave Portnoy does pizza reviews wearing bird dogs and talks about how he hates the pizza, but his legs look great in bird dogs. College football nerds say they are the perfect pants for dads that have a little extra gut. Bird dog makes them look great and feel great, feel comfortable. Part of my take host PFT famously never wears pants, and the only shorts he truly loves are bird dogs. Bird dogs, I'm telling you, will make you feel amazing and you'll look amazing. You'll feel great. The fit is amazing. The comfort, the versatility with these pants, shorts, whatever, whichever one you want to go with. Bird dog is absolutely amazing. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on NBA. When you enter promo code locked on NBA, they'll throw in a free custom bird dogs, Yeti style tumbler with every order. So again, go to birddogs.com slash locked on NBA. And when you use the promo code locked on NBA, they'll throw in a free custom bird dog, Yeti style tumbler with every order. Again, that's birddogs.com slash locked on NBA. So I want to thank you guys again for making Locked On Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Locked On Pistons. Hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. That's another great way to support the podcast. Um, it's it, <laughs> This sucks, man. This this is so tough, man. So tough. Okay. Um, with the lottery set or with the draft set, I feel like that you have a pretty good idea of how this is going to go at the top of the draft before the Pistons select, which I guess if you want to look at it, that is, I guess that's a good thing because I'm, I'm almost 90% sure unless a trade happens, which is possible because Portland ended up with the third pick. And maybe if they want to go after a one last ditch attempt to really put this thing around uh, Damian Lillard and try to go for it, maybe that happens. But if, they, if there's no trade that happens, I think that's incredibly possible that you can predict how this top four is going to go. I think it will be Victor DeSantonio at one, Scoot Henderson to Charlotte at two, uh, Bram Miller to Portland at three, and then four will be Amon Thompson to the Houston Rockets. So then after that, that's where obviously things get interesting and where the fun really starts for the Detroit Pistons. And I'm going to give you guys some names that you guys really need to pay attention to and have some kind of understanding of because I think all of these guys are at play for the Detroit Pistons. And before, actually, before I say these names, I want to read this quote directly that, excuse me, I want to read this quote directly from Troy Weaver so you guys can get an idea of what he's thinking about. You know, you guys know how earlier I mentioned how he kind of hinted at them having a top two um, and and the rest of the draft, and the rest of the draft kind of being something you could you could have anybody three through eight. Um, okay, I can't find the exact quote, but basically, I just had it in front of me. I just lost it. I don't know where it went. But anyways, my point is, Troy Weaver was asked after the lottery, and he basically said that three through eight, there's guys that could you could see a guy go at eight that maybe you thought would have gone three, and maybe a guy that you could have thought went three. Go eight. I thought it was interesting that he went, um, that he specifically mentioned three through eight. Okay, here's the quote right here, so I can, you guys can hear it directly through him. Um, he said, "I saw it as one, then another t- another tier, 
We're picking at five. We like the talent pool that's there. We can get a very good player at five. You can scramble it up from three to eight, and we're at five. So basically, he was very specific by saying there's guys at three through eight that he feels pretty comfortable on. So I, that makes me believe they have probably like a top eight mock board or big board, and that's how deep he feels about this draft class at the top. At least that's that's my reading of it. So here's some of the guys that he could be probably talking about. Um, two of the guys are not going to be available for them, obviously, because they're at five. So I think those two guys were probably Brandon Miller and Amon Thompson. So both those guys will be gone. Guys you guys need to be watching out for, the other Thompson twin, Asar Thompson. He's also 6'7", 6'6", 6'7", 7-foot wingspan. Um, he's a very good athlete, just like his brother. Uh, Amon is definitely a better athlete. And I think Amon is very clearly the better prospect. But Asar is also a very intriguing prospect. Um, definitely check him out because he's definitely in play at five. He's a dude that could potentially be potentially be very versatile at the next level on defense, um, weak side rim protection, point of attack defensively. Offensively, there's a little bit more of a question mark. His handle isn't the best. He's not as good of a passer as Amin Thompson is, but he's not a bad passer either. He makes good reads. Um, and he's an okay finisher around the rim. You probably would have liked to see him be a better finisher than he was. Um, but he has good athleticism. So more questions off, a little bit more questions offensively. But I really think he can be really versatile defensively. So that's a guy you guys need to check out and definitely pay attention to. Another guy who's at play at five, Jarris Walker. I'm really just now getting to Jarris Walker, but he's a guy who could potentially be an incredibly versatile defensive player. He's a high intelligent player. He processes the game very quickly makes reads very quickly in the short roll. He's 6'8", 220, like a, uh, a power forward type of build. Um, so he would fit next to Jalen Duran. He shot 34% from deep in his lone college season. And he has he has flashed some, some nice offensive upside. You see him create some shots for himself. He has nice touch on his shot from three and from mid-range and on defense. Again, like I said, he's very versatile defensively. He could be a really damn good defender at the next level. And again, offensively, I think he does have some offensive upside, offensive creation upside as well. Um, probably my best, the best thing I feel about Jairus Walker is the fact that he processes the game just like like that. He's able to make reads very quickly. and He's a very willing passer too at the power forward position. So Jairus Walker, another guy you guys need to be paying attention to. Uh, that's two guys. You got Cam Whitmore out of Villanova, 6'7", very bouncy, explosive athlete. Last time I checked with the combine, I believe he had the highest vertical at that moment. I don't know if anyone else uh, ended up taking it over. I'm pretty sure he had the highest vertical at the combine. Very, very explosive athlete. Glimpses of some real legit offensive, uh, um, I-, I don't want to go like superstar, but like power just a really powerhouse offensive uh, upside, I feel like. The the three-point shot is a little bit slow, his jump shot, and it was a little bit inconsistent throughout the year. He ended up shooting 34% from deep, um, but he's a very, very, very explosive athlete, very strong guy. He's one of the youngest players in the draft. He's going to be 18, 19 at the time of the draft. Very, very young player. Um, yeah, 19 at the time of the draft. He's born on July 8th, so... Uh, I believe that's before the draft. I'm almost 100% sure, right? July. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure it is. But either way, 18-19 at the time of the draft. Um, like I said, very explosive, strong, strong dude. He looks like a bowling ball going to the rim. He just bounces dudes off of him, and then he can just explode on somebody at the rim and just put the ball in the basket. So very intriguing guy there. Um, 
His problem is he's not a great processor, not a good playmaker at all right now. Um, but, you know, he draws comparisons to Miles Bridges. I think that's a, a fine comparison, but that's just another guy that you guys need to be paying attention to and kind of get your get your own opinion of. Go check him out. Um, another guy, Taylor Hendricks, who I'm seeing rise up some guys' boards. 6'9", power forward type. Another guy that probably would fit really good next to um, Jalen Duran in the starting lineup. This is a oh, excuse me. Um, this is another very young prospect. He'll be 19 years old. Um, very very versatile type of prospect. Interesting guy. Shot 39% from deep um, as a as a, at his one season in college on 4.6 attempts a game. So this is a dude I haven't gotten too much into yet, but I've been reading about him, and he's definitely a guy at play at the five position. Um, again, like I said, versatile, can hit the outside shot, uh, 6'9", so he'll be able to play next to next to Jalen Duran, another player you guys need to be paying attention to. Um, and then after that, I feel like you might be reaching a little bit to start looking at some other guys, but some possible other guys like Grady Dick. I don't think that would be in consideration at five, but who knows, maybe, I, who knows with, with, um, who knows with uh, Troy Weaver. Then you got um, Jordan Hawkins, who is a, interesting player uh, to say the least a really damn good shooter um shot 38 percent on nearly eight attempts a game in his one or his second season um at UConn you got him you got if the Pistons want to go another guard you got one of the best scorers if not the best scorer in college basketball and Bryce Sensenball that's another guy I'm seeing go up a lot of people's mock boards it's a, a flat out scorer type of build he's 6'6 235 so maybe the Pistons could go that route um Nick Smith is another guy he's a point guard shooting guard type I don't think the Pistons would target any guards um but these names I think at that at this point is are a little bit reaching um, I'll give you two more names that, that are, could be pretty interesting if I have it, if Weaver is just way higher on them than other people. Um, Gigi Jackson out of South Carolina, 6'9", 18 years old. Check him out. Maybe Weaver is really interested in him. Um, and then another guy I'd say to watch out for that you probably won't hear as many people talk about um, is Leonard Miller coming out of the G League, 6'10", 211 pounds, average 20 points down at the G League. He's an interesting prospect, but... These are some of the guys that are at play at five. Again, they're not, you know, with Victor Webanyama. They're not Scoot Henderson. They're not Amin Thompson to me. So, but if you if you asked me for my board, like before the lottery, I was scared to say it out loud. But if you asked me for my board before the lottery, who I had at four was Jairus Walker at this point. That could change by the time draft time comes around. But as of right now, I did have Jairus Walker at four. So if he's available at five, I think I probably at this point right now, again, don't hold me to this because this is very early, but I think I'd probably go Jairus Walker at this point. Um, I really like him as a prospect right now, but those are some of the names that you guys need to be watching for at the fifth pick. Again, I do think that the top four picks, unless a trade happens with Portland, that it's pretty likely that we know how the top four will shake out. Maybe a James Harden signing with Houston could scare Houston off of Amin Thompson. I don't know. I feel like they. I don't feel like they pass on Amin Thompson. He's exactly what they need. So I really do feel like they go him. But I guess there is a possibility that if them getting James Harden, a primary ball handler, they may go away from Amin Thompson. But I believe the top four is set. The draft will start at five with the Pistons. So um, let me know in the comment section down below who are some of the prospects you guys are watching out for 
at the fifth position that you guys really think the Pistons could go after at the fifth pick? Again, let me know in the comment section down below or over on Twitter at Kuka Hill. When we come back, should the Pistons consider trading this pick? We'll talk about that when we come back. But first, you guys got to hear from some of our lovely sponsors. So I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons. Hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. That's another great way to support the podcast. Um, obviously, another outcome that could happen with the Detroit Pistons falling from one to five is they just don't make the selection at all. They just trade the pick. And I know James Edwards the third. I think he was the first person to mention like a few weeks ago, he wrote an article of The Athletic, James Edwards III of The Athletic, the Pistons beat writer. Um, I believe he wrote a few weeks ago, and he was talking about possibly trading it for DeAndre Hunter, that type of build. Um, where I stand with the Pistons trading the fifth overall pick, I don't want them to trade the fifth overall pick. I don't think it'd be worth it. I don't think it would be smart. And if you're trading the fifth overall pick for a guy like DeAndre Hunter, that's just, if you went through this whole season this past year, to end up trading someone or trading your pick for DeAndre Hunter, who actually I'm pretty sure of this. I should have checked this before the podcast. Let me look this up real quick. I'm pretty sure DeAndre Hunter is on his second contract right now. So you'd be, let's look it up. I'm sorry. I, I Yeah, I, I remember correctly. He did sign a four-year $90 million extension with the Atlanta Hawks. So he is on his second, um, he'll be on his second contract with, with the Pistons. So, He's going to be getting paid 20, 21, 23, 24. So, like, that's the thing with this pick. If you were to trade this pick, not only are you not only are you trading this pick for a guy who I don't believe, like, I'm not saying DeAndre Hunter specifically, but just like that type of player that you'd be trading it for. Let's just stay with that. I'm not trying to go at James, you know, article about going after DeAndre Hunter. That's not what I'm trying to do. What I'm saying is, like, let's just use a guy like DeAndre Hunter. You can fill in the name, but a guy who's on a second contract, who's being paid like 15 to $20 million a year, who isn't an all-star, who's a fine player. You're trading the fifth pick for that. Not only are you trading the possibility of like some legit upside with a guy that you identify, which I think there are some guys that you can identify and, and hope to find some upside with. You're also trading a lot of flexibility with the cap because a guy at the fifth overall pick, I don't, I, I don't have the exact number, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it's like around seven to $9 million is what you'll be paying um, with the fifth overall pick, actually, we probably could just go look at Jane Ivey's contract, right? And see what he's getting paid with the Pistons. Yeah, he'll be making $7.6 million with the Detroit Pistons. His average annual salary is $8.2 million. So that's what you'd be paying for like a fifth overall pick. You take that and instead now you're paying a guy $20 million and now you're losing out on like the, the rookie contract. You'll be able to extend him to like your own rookie con- or your rookie extension. You could go into restricted free agency with a guy you have complete, legit probably like complete control over who, whoever you select at five for like the next seven to eight years. Because you can play out their four-year contract, head into restricted free agency, match a contract, and then now you got them under control. So you're losing out on a lot of flexibility if you were to trade that number five pick. For a guy like a like a DeAndre Hunter type of build, so that's why I just don't think number five. I mean, if they did it, I mean, I'm sure we'd all come around to it. We'd have to. I mean, this is this is the world we live in now. We're, we're, as Pistons fans, we have no choice but to just go along for the ride and hope everything goes goes absolutely perfect. But I don't think trading for number five is the right move. 
or trading no- pick number five for, is the right move unless you're getting a legit like all-star, borderline all-star type of player. And I don't think you're going to get that type of offer for number five. Maybe at three you could have. At four you could have. I don't think you're getting that at five. So I think the Pistons' best scenario is to simply pick the best prospect at five. Hope you can get a guy with high upside, a guy you can see, you know, really uh, hitting a high ceiling. I, I'd like the Pistons to go high ceiling at this pick. I wanted them to do that last year. I want them to do it again this year. And then just opt with the flexibility you'll have now with that pick. Another young guy to add to the core. Um, again, you have his, you have control of his rights really for the next like seven years if you really want to, if as long as you hit on the pick, which is obviously the hope. Um, and then you continue to keep that flexibility to build around that fifth pick and Kay Cunningham, Jay and Ivy, Jalen Duren, et cetera. So um, that's what I would do. I would not trade the fifth overall pick if I was the Pistons right now. But maybe you guys disagree. Would you guys trade the fifth overall pick in this draft? Let me know in the comment section down below or over on Twitter at Hill. That's all I've got for you guys today. Bummer uh, bummer day. Not not the best day to be a Pistons fan. But, I mean, I get, we're, used to, we're used to not getting our way a lot. So it is what it is. We'll get over it and... Hope for the best and, and see how this thing goes. I'll see you guys on the next one. Thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. Hit that subscribe button to the YouTube channel. Leave us a five-star review whenever podcast platform you're listening to us on. And until next time, I'll see you guys later. Stay safe. Enjoy these playoffs. Until next time, peace out.